What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. Join us for the third season of exploring the best voices and stories the Heartland has to offer. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County, Season 3. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review our podcast. Uh, Doing so helps grow our podcast, and we appreciate the help and support from our listeners. Today we are joined by someone who arrived in York at at an early age. Uh, This this person is a YHS grad who found their way to Kansas. Uh, He started his family while down in Kansas, but has found his way back uh, to 17 County. Uh, I'm excited to have Matt Holty with us today, and so welcome Matt to the show. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, first things first, our fun little segment we have to kind of get some people talking and everything. Um, you're you're stuck on a desert island. What are three things that you bring with you that you need to have to keep you sane and keep you surviving? Suppose I should start by bringing my wife, <laughs> uh, somebody to uh, not necessarily keep me organized on a desert island. That's not really important, but somebody to keep me company. Um, bring satellite phone. There you go. That's logical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's the engineer in me being the logical one, and then much water as I can bring. There you go. Yeah. That, I mean, I think that's gonna definitely keep you survive. I, I always think it's funny. Um, I kid people that they always people that choose to bring spouses or family members. I was like, great. Now you're just you know deserting another person on yeah. an island. But no, it's always great. You know, it makes sense. You want to have someone with you to in sickness and in health, right? Right. right. <laughs> It's really putting it, yeah, through everything. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so you arrived in York in fourth grade, I believe, right? Yep, just after fourth grade, between fourth and fifth grade. So talk to me a little bit about that move to York, what it was like being the new kid, new friends. You know, did your parents' careers move in here? Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yep. So my my dad works at or worked at the time at NPPD, and he's since retired, but uh, started off in Columbus. That's where the the general office is for NPPD. And he got transferred down here, got a promotion. So, you know, we moved the family down to York. I think that was 92. Parents still live in the same house that they moved into on Eastridge. And so uh, being the new kid, it was a little bit intimidating at first because, you know, you go your whole life living in one place and, sure, and you're, sure. you're not used to making new friend all new friends you, you know add every on. year you're adding one you're or two add, yeah, yeah you add a few on but then you know in, in that case you're you're starting over from scratch and i'm a generally outgoing person so it you know it wasn't too bad because in our neighborhood at least in my age there were several kids going into i was going into the fifth grade at the time there were several kids within a couple block radius of our place on eastridge that were all going into fifth grade. So I met probably four four people going into the same oh, same school right, that, right in right in the first week before I went to school because Did uh, you move in the summertime, I'm guessing yeah, then? We yeah. moved gosh, I can't remember if it was August or the first part of September and, and school started shortly after that. But like um Dave and Deanne Ciccone live mm-hmm. right across the street mm-hmm. from us, and so Becky, Both was, there, Becky yeah. was in my class, and then just down the street was Steve and Claudia Moses, and, and Chris was in my class, and uh, Robinson's lived around the corner, and Josh was in my class, and so 
Before I had even arrived at school, I had met three people that all happened to be in my class at Willard at the time. It wasn't even York Elementary School. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we had all the different... So, you were in Willard at the time? Yep, Yep. I went to Willard, yep. And I I guess I was excited because I actually got to walk to school or ride my bike to school, and that wasn't something... That you got to do that I got to do in Columbus. So that's really cool. So then, yeah, you would have went through the the old middle school. Went through the old middle school, the old high school, depending on how far you go back. But yeah, definitely, definitely. And that that high school that we have nowadays is not the high school that we went through. (laughs) No, it's completely different. I mean, there's pieces and parts that you can see the 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 outer casing is about the same but it, it's completely different yeah the shell you can definitely see that shell and the bones that you know okay this is the library but this isn't my library that's that right. i walked into and, that's right and everything like that so that, that's exciting yeah. uh, so talk to me a little bit about your activities you know as you uh, progress through york and york high talk to me a little bit about what you know what kind of kept you going and kept you involved mm-hmm. um, as, a, as a student uh, so I really loved sports. So growing up, I, I did all the sports I could. I played baseball growing up. I played golf growing up um, and took up tennis. And so as I was getting older, then some of those things started going away and realized that, you know, 150 pounds soaking wet after breakfast wasn't quite the football um uh, that's football. not the physique. That it wasn't the football for. physique, but you know, back in those days, we didn't have the program that Glenn has today, where they've got kids in at those ages. So um, I had always really liked golf, and that's always been my first love. So you know, it was it was golf first, and then all the rest of the sports kind of took the second, back seat. Took yeah, second place. Yeah, so, definitely. So I did that growing up, and and. Played on the team, played varsity up in high school, uh, played tennis in high school, um, was more of a support guy and go team go, but uh, with, pl- played a little bit of varsity my I'm senior v- I'm year. I'm very familiar with that, go team go <laughs> with uh, the, the, yeah. the tennis. Yep, yep. And I uh, uh, was in the band, played baritone uh, all through middle school, all through high school, and loved doing that. Um, got a fairly musical family. My dad played in a band growing up, and so music was always kind of a a fun outlet, and and, uh, we were a pretty good marching band when we were in high school. Definitely, so it sounds like you were pretty well-rounded, you know, involved with quite different activities Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, What kind of led you to the university? So it, it sounds like, yeah, your first, or your decision after graduating was to go to the University of Nebraska. Yep. So talk to me a little bit about that decision to go there and then, you know, how you landed at electrical engineering. Was that, you know, your dad influenced you onto that or yep. how did you land there? Yeah, so my dad was definitely a, a main influence there. Um, growing up, math and science were always, came really easy to me. So it was natural to go in something where I could use math and science. And I was always interested in, in electrical engineering because my dad grew up as an electrical engineer and, and he would design the big transmission power lines going all over the state. I didn't have an interest in that, but coming out of high school, I knew I wanted to do something with computers and engineering. Well, electrical engineering, I could either focus... You, you graduated right around 2000, right? Yep, so I gra- 2000 was my graduation. Big tech bubble and all yep, that kind of stuff tech, was going on. You're right, yep. Big tech bubble is coming up, so I knew I wanted to do something with computers. Well, 
there was computer engineering and electrical engineering and or electrical engineering had a an emphasis in computer engineering it's like great I can do both I could I could make my decision later on in, in my schooling so that was the how I got to electrical engineering and so then I was just kind of looking around and see where I could go and, and do that Nebraska was always kind of my first love you know growing up in this state you're you're naturally a Huskers fan but for sure um, I also looked at Kansas State, and then I can't even remember where else, but I, I went and I took a visit down was, to Kansas was State. Was it mainly major, were you looking at like Shadron or Doan or anything? Was it mainly, you know, UNK or not UNL or K-State? It was mainly UNL and K-State, mostly because I wanted to do engineering. The big programs. And, and so mm -hmm. I didn't want to do, I didn't want to go somewhere and then transfer somewhere else. I just kind of wanted to get entangled once I got on campus. So I, I looked at those places. And I, I don't know what it was. Maybe I was too much of a Husker fan to go down to Kansas State. I couldn't, I couldn't get that out of my mind. And couldn't envision yourself in that purple, could you? I, I, mean, I, I just couldn't do it. I mean, it's beautiful campus, but uh, just couldn't do it. Yeah, Manhattan is, you know, it is a great place. But yep. yeah, it's it not. <laughs> I don't think I could see myself in that purple either. So, yep. um, talk to me a little bit. You know, you were at UNL for. Uh, a couple years. Did you have like a job while you were um, a student? You know, were you involved in any clubs activities? Kind of talk to me a little bit about your time, mm -hmm. you know, spent as an undergrad. So jobs I generally did over the summer. I did uh, two internships and a co-op back with NPPD here in York. Okay. So that's kind of how I, I got interested into telecommunications, which is where I w ended up going to work for uh, when I graduated but that's kind of how I got entangled at that I worked just as a technician in the field the uh, first year I was there and so uh, mostly in that point I was just hauling parts and I was just the gopher yep, yep. I was basically the gopher and the grunt labor at that point uh, uh, the next summer after that I did or did I skip? I, I lose track, but I did one of those a, summers. <laughs> one of those summers, I did a co-op, which is I worked the summer and then I worked. I took the fall semester off of actual classes, but I did um, kind of like an assistantship or yep, something like that. Exactly. Yep. So then I was in, that was in the telecom engineering department, which is uh, where I work now, and in, in, in the in that telecom department. So. Um, got to know the guys there and got to do like get a little bit more in detail or, or in depth into into projects and and so that's where i i knew that's kind of where i wanted to go you so you were getting quite a bit of you know real life hands-on real world experience while still being a student even still yep. so that that's very you know a lot of people don't get that opportunity so i right. think that's kind of uh, an awesome thing that you were able to get that experience yep. And then the, the summer after that, I came back, I did the grunt labor again, but it, I got to be more involved with you know, like fiber optic splicing and some of the more actual hands-on work because some of the guys I worked with, uh, one of them made the comment, it was like, well, your eyes work better than mine. It was like, <laughs> you can run that piece of equipment. So I did, and I got, I got pretty good at splicing fiber, and they were building a power plant by Beatrice that summer, so I got to do all the ethernet wiring for that uh, that particular site and I went all over the state rewiring offices for ethernet so it was pretty cool yeah definitely that that is 
quite the you know, experience. Um, so you talked a little bit about how you landed into telecommunications. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about that first job. Did you have just the one offer with Nextel, or did you have a couple of different offers? How did you decide on you know landing down in Kansas? Yep. So after after I graduated, I knew I wanted to I wanted to try something else besides the NPPD. Not that NPPD was a bad job or anything like that, but I knew like my dad worked there, and it's like I, I just wanted you kind of I wanted to go off on my own, do my own thing, mm-hmm. uh, and so after we graduated, I I uh, I had offers from I think it was Black and Beach and Sprint that might that was it. So I, I had two job offers. I took the job at Sprint because that I mean um, it was, and Sprint was just merging with Nextel at that time. So it was Sprint, Nextel, Sprint, Nextel. So, uh, so that, that's what drew me to Kansas City. It was close enough that we could go home whenever we needed to, but we're far enough away that you know, we're doing our own thing and, and starting off our own life together. That particular year, graduated, moved down to Kansas City and got married all within a month and started a new job shortly after that. So uh, yeah, just trying to turn life upside down at that point. No doubt. So you met your wife then uh, at the university? Yep. Okay. Yep. She, uh, so Hannah Miller, uh, she was Hannah Sandall at the time, uh, was her college roommate. Oh, <laughs> small world. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. So talk to me a little bit about that first job with um, with Sprint Nextel. You were a network planner, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, so talk to me a little bit. You did that for, it looks like five years or something like that, close to. So so when I was working at Sprint, there were, I, it, you got hired into it, they called it a new college hire development program. So they moved you around to three jobs uh, based on what your, uh, I guess, interests were. Mm-hmm. And so I got hired in as a network planner and that was basically planning it's, it's going to sound totally geeky and nobody's going to know what this is, but it is DAX capacity planning for the entire western half of the country. And so basically think about, you know, you're putting all these phone calls together, all this data together in big pipes, and you're planning this capacity for everywhere from California all the way over to about Nebraska. And then there was another group that did the same thing, but only for the eastern half of the country. So, you know, I would... I would be designing all of that stuff for for that part of the country, all from Kansas City. All from Kansas City. That's yeah. That's yep. uh, very tech, and I don't think you yeah. When you, you think of Kansas City in yep. the early thousands, you don't think of that tech hub. Yep. And um, then, so then from there we uh, I moved to field RF engineering. So that was basically performance and optimization of cell towers. Mm-hmm. And I the part I thought was really funny is. My section that I got assigned was Topeka or Lawrence, Topeka, and Manhattan. So I, on football Saturdays that summer, I was responsible for the cell coverage of Kansas Jayhawks and K State Wildcats. I could really screw. heaven forbid they don't get there. <laughs> I could really screw with some people here, but I do value my job. So I I didn't do that. I did my job. Uh, and then from there, I moved into IP network design, and that was designing. You know, IP is not going to mean anything to most people listening to this podcast, but it's basically data networking for the all the big internet backbone. 
So yeah, you like live on the internet, or at least the underside of the internet. But yeah. Um, so th- so then you know there were people that I worked with that they knew exactly what they what they wanted to do. They wanted to do RF, so they would do all of their jobs within RF. They'd be working in the network operations center. They would work on the design, and then they work on the optimization. I was under the impression, I was like, I don't really know what I want to do, so I'll try this group, and then I'll try this group, and then I'll try this group over here, and that kind of uh, experience helped me when I came back to Nebraska working for NPPD, um, because then I had kind of a, a breadth of knowledge that kind of spans a lot of the work that NPPD does on a way smaller scale. So. As I've kind of kind of learned this, you weren't as you saying taking like jobs within one silo. You were kind of bouncing within silos yep. and learning a lot more. You weren't becoming so specialized, but learning more instead of being what do they like to say a thousand miles deep. You're like three inches deep and a thousand miles wide. Yep. So that that's awesome. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about um, building your family down there and then the decision to move to Nebraska and how that kind of came about. Yep. So my son, Luke, was born down there in June of 2008. He's going to be going into sixth grade. Uh, it was kind of a funny deal because we we lived, my wife and I, we lived in a, in a subdivision of a bunch of people that were about our age, you know, mid to late 20s. Uh, and we were all like just fairly newly married so uh, the guys would all go out for drinks one night and then the girls would get together every so often too but there was one particular night we went downtown and, and went to old Chicago in in Olathe and one of the guys he was going off to I don't know if it was Iraq or Afghanistan or anything like that a, a few months down the road but you know all of a sudden he's like guys uh found out that i'm gonna be a dad now at this time i know that sarah's pregnant mm-hmm. but we haven't told anybody yet mm-hmm. and sent sarah a text is like bj and sandy are pregnant she's like no way and then about five minutes later one of the other guys speaks up he's like yeah jess and i are pregnant too it's like you've got to be kidding me and they're like you know one of them was due like in july and the other one was due i think a little bit earlier in july and then sarah i'm telling them that we're pregnant now it's like you guys are pregnant you guys are pregnant sarah and i are pregnant too they're like oh my gosh what an exciting little (laughs) little trip yeah it it was kind of interesting so then after that like all the girls called each other and then they got together by the time when we got back so you know it was it was fun growing up there because you know we all had kids then that were roughly the same age and so everybody was just kind of comparing notes and, and it's and, nice to have you know people going through those same stages and things like to to not necessarily rely on but you know it's nice to have lean on and have that help and to kind of make things yep. look, to know that everybody's in the same boat kind yep. of yep. that's super nice yeah so yeah that that got us there, and then you know, 18 months later, I don't know if it was lack of sleep or what it was, uh, decided to have Rachel then too, and so I think Luke and Rachel happened to be 22 months apart, so they're not quite two years, but they're only one year apart in school, but 
yeah, we decided to have Rachel and that was when we were deciding that, okay, maybe it's time to move back home or get a little bit closer to uh, life back in Nebraska, have grandmas and grandpas a little bit closer because, you know, having having two kids and, and kind of being down there on your own, it, you know, it's a little bit intimidating. Yeah, it's uh, both, you know, I'm sure them wanting to come down and visit all the time and you wanting or them wanting you to come up mm-hmm. and then um yeah i'm sure and then yeah just having those people around for those extra hands of hey i'm running to the store real quick mm-hmm. can you watch so and so for a quick moment yep those yeah i don't think you realize yeah how much you take for granted yeah when you're in a big city and you can't you don't always know your neighbors and can maybe rely on them and things like that mm-hmm. so that's yeah that's definitely is a huge bonus of you know being in a community like ours mm-hmm. um so how did you decide, did MPPD approach you? Did you reach out to MPPD? How did that kind of relationship come about? So, so once Sarah and I decided we wanted to think about moving back, I, I put the bug in my dad's ears like, hey, just let me know if anything comes up at MPPD. And I think it was within a month or two, my job in telecom engineering showed up at MPPD right where I had um, co-opt when I was in school and so and you know the guy doing the hiring was my boss a couple times while I was I was just gonna ask so you. so I mean I already had a good relationship with him so um, that interview went really well and I was offered the job shortly after that so I think it's really cool to have that call back with the relationships and to be able to you know build that relationship as a as a college student not know where it's going to take you mm-hmm. um, and have good things happen, leave a positive uh, impression, leave on positive mm-hmm. uh, terms. And then, you know, six, whatever, how many years later it was. About five and a half, yeah. Um, be able to you know come back and have that relationship right where it was. So that's, yep. that's really cool to be able to have that and make those relationships. So you came back and you uh, started as telecommunications engineer mm-hmm. and you did that for a couple of years and now you're telecommunications manager. Yep, and that was... That was just recent. That was in I, April, wasn't it? I, or... I got that job during the pandemic, <laughs> believe it or not. I got to got an interview for that job remotely. So that was a little bit uh, daunting trying to figure out that technology while uh, and, and doing your uh, interview remotely. And you're dressed up in your suit and you're sitting there at your computer, staring at your computer screen. Waiting for something to come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is a kind of a, an awkward, kind of weird situation and everything yep um talk to me a little bit about what the telecommunications manager role is um obviously a lot to do with like phone lines but yep so so the telecommunications manager is um responsible for everything beginning to end with telecommunications at nppd so one group does the there's the engineering group that does the engineering and then we have an o&m group that does the installations and the maintenance for for the equipment and the projects that the engineers do. Just, uh, they do the maintenance for the, the, the equipment that we deal with. And then we have some planners and schedulers that, that do the coordination between engineering and the O&M group. And then they also help with records and, and asset management and things like that. So, you know, in, within NPPD, it's anything from phones to data to fiber optics to microwave and it's not the microwave sitting in your kitchen it's the 
it, you see the the towers with the big looks like the big plastic domes oh yeah yeah that's what we call microwave or microwave dishes and it's basically a point-to-point wireless link to somewhere else and and that's one way that you can pass data to and from points then our group is also responsible for um, uh, land mobile radio too so you know the walkie-talkie you think of in in people's uh, vehicles and so mainly this is all within the internal. You don't deal with like external customers, things like that. Is this mainly internal? Yep. Mo- most of our customers are internal to NPPD. We do deal with telephone companies and, and with people outside of NPPD. For the most part, though, our customers are internal to the company. Perfect. Um, so a little bit while you've been involved here, You've got involved with different uh, boards and things like that. So talk to me a little bit about how where your interest um, came from to how you got involved with the education or with the York Public Schools school board. Okay. So um, that started off, my my boss, Matt Schnell, was on the school board for oh, years. Yes. Yeah. Matt was one of our coaches, football coaches. Yes. Yep, when I was yep, in high school. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. so Matt was on the board for years and I was doing my performance re- review it would have been the end of the year, I think, in 2013. Uh, and he mentioned that, you know, I'd like you to consider, you know, doing something like school board or, you know, doing doing something like that where you're getting involved in the community, whether it's like, you know, city council or something like that. It's like, yeah, So sure. to get involved out there. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, you're sitting in your performance review and so you're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah I'll do I'll, that. I'll definitely. Do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely look into that. Yep. <laughs> so then it was... Uh, about two months later, he approached me. He's like, "Matt, remember how I told you that you should consider something like that?" I'm like, yeah. Like, well, an opportunity has come up. Um, Tom McBride was that's right was yeah. moving to Lincoln, and so they needed to appoint somebody. And he's like, "Are you interested?" Like, uh, let me think about it. Is that that point? Um, you know, Sarah was working. Let's see, was she? I can't remember. Twenty twelve, I think. Twenty thirteen, I think. Yeah, twenty thirteen. So I can't remember if she was working at ESU nine, or if she was with ESU six and working down in Geneva. I, I lose track of when that transition happened, but and and at that time I was I just got done with leadership York. You know, with NPPD I was asked to be the United Way representative. So I did that for a few years and that was happening at the same time. And then also I was on our church council at our church. I was asked to do that. Like, this is a lot to take on all at once. And I was like, what do you think? She's like, well, I kind of feel like you have to do this opportunity. It's like, but after this, like, no more. Like, <laughs> you can't add any more like, to the I, plate. I know. And that, so... So we talked it over and, and agreed to do that, and so that was when I just I became a member of the board of education, and then you know shortly after that I had to run because as soon as you're appointed in in that scenario, I think it came up in sixteen. Yeah, it would have come up in because yeah, I think he just had Tom had just got voted in in two thousand yep. November two thousand twelve. Yep, and then. He had life changes, and so yep. you stepped in. Yep. And so, yeah, in 16, you would have had to rerun. Yep. So what was that like? What was it like being selected for a position? You know, just 
were there any things like maybe I don't need to fit this position because I've been selected? Were there any thoughts like, you know, being voted in versus selected? And then yeah, no, it, it's a really weird process to me because it, I it's like, do I campaign for this? Do I put out yeah, signs? Because, yeah. you know, some people put out signs, some people don't. And that, that's even this year. It's like, do I put out signs? I don't know. So it's one of those things that, you know, it's it's kind of personal preference, but I, I struggle with that every time because we've had times where, you know, like this year we have six people running for, for three spots, <laughs> you obviously being one of them. So, uh, you know, there have been other times where like we have three positions and only two people running. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, I, I can't ever decide what to do about, uh, about campaigning to, to run and you're, you're campaigning to run for a position that you get paid no money to do. Yeah. And you, you do it for the, the love of education and the love of the school and pride in your school. So, um, yeah, I always just kind of struggle with that. Yeah. I think it would be tough for me. You know, I've always, what like to you know i'm a competitive person so right. I, you like to win things and sure. so being given something it doesn't it, it's great and whatever blah mm-hmm. blah blah. but you know it's it's a little bit better when you kind of win it and quote unquote earn it mm-hmm. and so um talk to me a little bit about you know what campaigning was like in 2016 when you know was it was it just two of you running for three positions or so, what was 2016 like and it, actually i so i think it must have been it must have been in fourteen because it because I, I was appointed. I gosh, I lose track of exactly how this works. But it, essentially, there were four positions open at that time because there were the three that were normally up, and then mine that was since I was appointed, I was automatically up the next mm-hmm. the next time it was voted, even though my term wasn't was up. Yeah. So um, I think there were. Six people running for four positions, and so three people were elected. So the t- three top vote getters got the four-year positions, and then the fourth-place vote getter got a two-year term. So then it goes back to being three and three. Okay, so that's second. how you balance it. That's back how out. you balance it back out. So I got fourth place, mm-hmm. and so it's like. Congratulations, you get a run again in two years. <laughs> so but, you've been running almost every two years now. Since. Well, I, I at least had a, a one break in there. So, to, so 2018, when, yeah, I guess yeah. would have been your break. Yeah, so then when I had that break, uh, it was Gene, Vincent, and myself, and then Phil Toll would have been running that time. Well, Phil passed away um, in the time where I you have to have all your stuff in early, you know, real early in the year. Mm-hmm. And Phil passed away, I think it was in April. And so, I mean, at that point, you, you the tickets change, or the, yeah. the tickets, the set. way it is, it's yeah. set. So uh, we had to turn around then and appoint somebody for Phil's position. But You've had certain, certainly, yeah, very interesting, um, you know, last seven years on the school board. So mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about talking about the changes that you've seen over the last like six or seven years whether you know positive negative i mean obviously there's probably been a lot more positive that you've seen but talk to me a little bit about the changes that you've seen um you know during your time so uh, a lot of the positive to me is that it seems like education now is is better preparing you for whatever career path you want to go down 
you know, when, when I graduated, it was your career path is either you're going to college, you're going to tech school, or you're going into the military. I mean, that, or, or you're going into the, the workforce. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are your options, but now there's all the work studies and all that. So, I mean, you can, and you can show up now, maybe you have all the college credits, like you can show up in college and be a sophomore before you even get there. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, that really wasn't an option when we were in college or when we were in high school. It was just like, there are a few people that took like the AP test and, you know, God willing, and somebody actually passed that thing, you know, they got the credit for it. But man, it, it the opportunities in, in the high school now are just leaps and bounds over what was there when I was in high school. And granted that's 20 years ago but it still feels it's like leaps it, and bounds and it's only been 10 years for me so trust me it's leaps and bounds better yeah but i mean even in the last six years i i feel like you know the the work study and and the opportunities that have come through southeast community college and, and all of those partnerships partnerships with other schools with the uh, agronomy academy that we had out there um i mean just all the creative ideas for uh, high school education. I mean, you can come out of high school and, and have so many specialties and and, mm -hmm. and dip your toes in so many different areas. I feel like you you can have a a better direction on where you want to go than than I ever had twenty At least years a, ago. A better sense for sure. I mean, yeah. these kids are. I mean, definitely given way more, you know, opportunities to succeed, avenues of success and things yep. like that, you know. Not that we didn't have avenues of success. Sure. Um, but, I mean, these kids are yeah, certainly getting, you know, great opportunities, mm -hmm. and it's great to see them taking advantage of all these different opportunities. I love going up to our animal lab up there and seeing all the different, you know, seeing kids who have never, you know, handled animals and things like that get to, that, you know, have that experience because growing up in Nebraska, I feel like a lot of kids should have that experience. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's great that those kids are getting those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so um, why did you want to serve on the school board? You know, what kind of, um, you know, outside of, you know, Schnell kind of pushing you and right. things like that, you know, um, what was that kind of realization of, you know, all right, this, I want to do this. Yeah. So at that time, uh, my oldest kid, Luke, he was just about ready to come into kindergarten. So I felt like being on the school board and, and having that input to you know help direction of the school and help the school be the best they could be with my kids starting, just starting into school. I felt like it was the perfect time to, to dive into that. I'm trying to remember who was on the board at the time, but there, I think Dr. Hadavi was on there. He had kids still in school. Was Bozentowski on the board? No, at that he time? wasn't on the board. So it was Matt, Pat, Gene, Gene, Barb Scadden, and Phil Toll. So then I would have been the only one, other than you were the new kid on the block. I, I, yeah, the only one that was you know having kids in school at the time. So I, to me, it felt like it was a, a great opportunity to to kind of help shape my kids' education moving forward. Certainly, certainly. And that's, you know, that's what we want. You know, when we move into a small community, it's it's great that we have impact and we can have such impact. Mm -hmm. If we want to, we can have impact onto um, our community and things like that. Um, so what has caused you to stay in York, you know, through all these years? I'm sure you've had different opportunities to maybe move away or take different um 
different career opportunities. So what 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 about York has appealed over all these years? Uh, to me, so to me, it was the location. Um, when we lived in Kansas City, we kind of liked being out on our own. We lived in Gardner, which is just southwest uh, Olathe. So you know, if you look at Kansas City mm-hmm. as a, as a big circle, uh, Gardner was just kind of on the lower right below the circle or lower sorry lower, lower left. left yep so to get anywhere you know it was 45 minutes an hour to get to downtown Kansas City well i moved to york and you know we've got this great little community great school and we're 45 minutes from lincoln hour and a half from omaha hour from grand island i mean we're we're not sitting that much different than than we were sitting when we were in Kansas City now, granted, the, there's not quite as many barbecue restaurants around here as we had there, but... There's uh, not houses on the interstate all the way from York to Lincoln. No, no, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So, uh, but to me, the thing that kept us here, it's been, you know, the, the people and the the pride in this community. I mean, it's just, it it's contagious. And... I felt like that that was the case when I was in high school, but I didn't feel it quite as strongly as until we moved back and, and you know, getting involved in the school. And I mean, it, it's just infectious. It, it is, you know, I'm, those are the same reasons I moved back, you yep. know, so it's awesome. Yeah, um, definitely great how York has appealed throughout the years, you know, for a lot of the same reasons, you know. We're 10 years apart, but we came back for the exact same reasons. It's mm-hmm. the pride in this community, the love the community has for itself, and how it supports itself. Yep. So, yeah, that's awesome to hear and see. So we'll kind of jump into our rapid-fire section here to kind of round out our interview. Um, these are just some fun little questions I have for you. Um, you didn't have any time to prepare. So I had no time to these, prepare. These are going to be some good ones. So uh, favorite restaurant in York County. So what's like a favorite place you like to go eat? So I would be remiss if I didn't say chances are, since that was my job when I was in high school. <laughs> Suzanne Vonis would, yeah, definitely Su- need Suzanne you to say Vonis that. Suzanne Vonis would probably have my neck if I did not mention <laughs> that. Yep, I, I flipped omelets for the, the uh, brunch for several years. That's quite a role. Yep. <laughs> that got me through college. At least fed me through college. <laughs> uh, next question, Ford Bronco was recently released. Do you have any opinions on the Ford Bronco? Yeah, it's all right. I, I think I'd pick a Jeep over a Bronco. Yeah, I I, I like um, I like the similarities between the two yep. and everything like that. Yep. I think a lot of people are looking for that four wheel drive that's not super huge yep. and things like that. So I think this is gonna be cool. Uh, favorite meal in York County, whether that's a home cooked meal or is there like a certain restaurant meal that you like to go have? So especially this time of year. Favorite thing is going to get sweet corn and having BLTs and sweet corn. That sounds awesome. I, I We've had be, sweet corn the last two nights for dinner. Yeah, I might be biased by this time of year, but that that's that's one of my favorite meals. And then you know, anytime you go get a steak anywhere around here, it's so good. Oh, yep, yep. Favorite memory in York County? Is there something that you think about in York County that you know is just a memory that kind of hangs in your head? I'm sure there's quite a few you. Having grown up here, probably have quite a few. Um, so whether it's a series of memories or uh, just a big memory, you know, what's something that kind of you know just stands out for you? Yeah, you weren't kidding that these were going to be hard <laughs> when we don't have to prepare for them. 
I can give you time to think on that one. We can come back. All right. I'll come back. All right. Tiger King was a phenomenon that we had during quarantine. Did you happen to? Did you have a chance to get to check it out, or what'd you hear about it? Uh, my wife and I did watch it. Yes, <laughs> it, I'm. I'm not any smarter for having <laughs> for having seen that show. It is a car crash in motion with nobody being right. Uh, it has been. It was a crazy series of events. I didn't realize people like that existed until that show. I didn't either. <laughs> Uh, favorite county or local event? Like, what's something that you look forward to every year, whether it's, you know, a sip and stroll downtown or going to Bradshaw for their community days um, or York Fest here in town? What's something you look forward to every year? I think it'd have to be the county fair. Yeah. Uh, just going there, watching the kids run around, get on all the rides, uh, eating the food and all the smells around there. Granted, some of them aren't pleasant smells, <laughs> but... Uh, I'd say that's the one. Yeah, definitely. I always, it's going to be different this year, obviously, all things considered. But mm-hmm. uh, I think it's still going to be as good of a time as we can have. They're still putting on different events. There's going to be like an outdoor movie, mm-hmm. things like that. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun event this year, even though we're having to change things a little bit. Yep. Um, favorite memory in York County? Okay, so... It didn't technically happen in York County, but it's tied to York County. So I helped coach my son's York Knights baseball team. And when they were, let's see, it'd be U9, so two years ago, they, um, in the state tournament, all of a sudden, they like we would um, we'd go play in tournaments all over the state. And we do good in pool play, but we get past the pool play and we get into the actual bracket and we just kind of peter out each time. So uh, when we were planning that weekend, my wife and I, we said, okay, we're going to get through pool play. We'll do all right in pool play. And then we will do our you know, game after that and then we'll be out and then we'll be done. Well, for whatever reason, you know, we were down to we were down to nine kids that weekend, and for whatever reason, we went on a run. At the end of the year, bats in, the, got in, hot. The, in the state tournament, all of a sudden, bats got hot. Pitching was great, and they ended up getting second at state. And uh, I mean, it was emotional, and and kids were you know crying because we lost at the end. But I mean, just just going through those three days and, and and seeing the effort they all put in, it all finally came together and clicked, and and they played really well. And, and I, I'll admit, I cried at the end too, but luckily I had on big glasses, had on sunglasses, so nobody could see that Dad was crying. And I, I mean, all the other coaches were crying too. That I mean, it, it finally clicked, and they all played really well. And and the thing we talked about as coaches. Like each kid, we had to have each kid play, mm-hmm. and they had to play the whole time. Nobody, nobody sick. could sit out. Nobody no could, could be sit hurt. out. Nobody could be hurt, and, and you know it didn't matter whether you you didn't get a hit, but everybody everybody contributed for the team to to win, and that's that's something that you know, I always think about every so often, and it just. Brings a smile to my That's head. a really fun moment. Yeah, especially when everything clicks like that. And you're like, this is, I mean, this is the potential I knew yeah. we could live up to. And I'm glad we're finally reaching it. Yep. That's awesome yep. to hit. Um, 
so touching on the from one happy moment to another um, this segment right here is we're going to talk about you know what's making us happy so talking about anything going on in your life currently that's making you happy so I'll kind of go first um, we have a, a family wedding coming up next month okay. and my brother is coming back into town and he hasn't he hasn't been in the state for like two years and so I'm very excited to get to see him it's been a couple of years since I've got to see him in person so I'm excited that he'll be uh, in the, into town in the next couple of weeks okay uh, what do you, so what's making you happy? What's making me happy? Uh, I don't know. What's making me happy? No? No idea? Yes or no? Tomorrow. Your birthday's tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow's my birthday. That is exciting. Well, happy early birthday there. Thank you. Um, so, I suppose the, the happy part is, so my birthday is National Cheesecake Day. And I like cheesecake, so ever. So my birthday cake is gonna be a cheesecake. That sounds awesome. Well, perfect. Thank you for your time today. You know, I appreciate you taking um, a few minutes out of your day um, to kind of sit down and talk with me. Um, this final thing we're gonna leave is uh, you have the final thoughts. Um, you get to say whatever you want to kind of close out the the show. If there's anything you want to say or uh, anything like that, you get a round out the show with whatever words of wisdom, quote, anything you want to say. So, uh, floor's uh, yours. Any idea what I should say? Uh, you're with your kids. I love my kids. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the thing that we're excited about... Oh, come here. Alright, what should we say? Hi. 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 <laughs> you want to say anything to your teachers about school starting? I miss you. There you go. I think there are about... 1,300 kids that are pretty excited to go back to school, yeah. and probably more so ever than uh, any year in the past. So yeah. I think uh, I think the teachers are excited to get back, and so I think maybe some rough patches, but I think everybody's excited to get back together. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. You bet. This is 17 County. A new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.